With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas, where we've got you covered with daily analysis, news, and opinion on the Dallas Cowboys. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do that, let's talk about the Cowboys' recent free agent signing. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cowboys signed cornerback Mackenzie Alexander, formerly a Minnesota Viking, Miami Dolphin, and even a Cincinnati Bengal for a while there. Let me know in the chat, do you like, love, hate, or maybe as Ernest says here on, on Facebook, maybe you've never heard of him, so maybe you are indifferent to the signing. Do you like, love, or hate the Cowboys signing of Mackenzie Alexander? They're signing him to the practice squad, of course, that would mean that the Cowboys would have to elevate him to the game day roster if he's to play a role at some point this season. But the Cowboys, I think that uh, we need to respect them a little bit for going out there and seeking help. You're not going to find a lot of talent at cornerback out there at this stage of the season. You might find some well-known names like A.J. Bouye. You could also find... Uh, you know, people are talking about Richard Sherman and all of that, but the fact that they're well known doesn't necessarily make them good signings, right? Because you don't even, it's hard to know as fans, uh, if those players are even in shape to join a team in December and be a factor moving forward. Mackenzie Alexander, for those of you who don't know him, uh, was drafted in 2016 in the second round. He is a former Clemson Tiger, so I might be a little bit biased when saying go Tigers. But all kidding aside, uh, Edwards is primarily a slot cornerback. Since 2017, he started playing in the inside primarily. That's been his role. He had a couple of good seasons between 2018 and 2019 where he had some good numbers. He thrived. With the Vikings in those couple of years, he even might have gotten some Pro Bowl consideration here and there. But for his career, uh, you won't be too excited about uh, Alexander's numbers, I would say. He has allowed a career 69 completion percentage, 69% completion percentage. Uh, he's allowed a 90, 93.8 quarterback rating, passer rating to be precise. Last year was not pretty for Mackenzie Alexander. He allowed a 73% completion rate in 77 targets, gave up four touchdowns, only had four pass breakups. So 
you know, not the career that Mackenzie Alexander envisioned for himself when starting out in the NFL. Let's see how you guys feel about the signing, though. Gregory goes with like. Miserable Toxics has loved the urgency, and there is something to be said about this. We have been getting so used to saying that the Cowboys won't sign anybody, and I think this was a nice change of pace. You have a need, you go get somebody. This doesn't mean that Mackenzie Alexander will be a starter on your Dallas Cowboys defense, but it does mean you're adding depth and options, flexibility. You are, as the title of this video says, hedging your bets. And we will get into the cornerback room outlook in a few moments here on the show. But I agree with the people that like the move. Kenneth says, I like it. Lumen also likes it. Have no clue about him, so I can't say really, says Russell, and I respect that. Uh, I, I've heard of him primarily because of his time at Clemson, and, you know, I, I have not gotten the chance. This happened today in the, in the afternoon. I have not had the chance to jump into the tape, but I can say that from his numbers and from some people in the know with the Vikings and all of that, he had a couple of good seasons. He did have those in 2018, 2019, but overall has not been great. As Sean says here, I'm glad that they picked up someone though. I agree. Now, I like that the Cowboys are giving themselves options. Remember that Dallas signed Kendall Sheffield after Jordan Lewis's injury. They signed him to the practice squad and Mike McCarthy said this week that Sheffield had been preparing as an outside cornerback. So that suddenly means that you're looking at Sheffield as an option on the outside and you are getting a cornerback that is an option on the inside. And once more, we need to keep in mind, the Cowboys did not have a great pool of players they could pick from, right? We can think about those big names, as I said, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're ready to go. They're looking for an opportunity in the NFL and all of that. So let's move forward a little bit here. Let's move forward a little bit here. And let's look at the cornerback room as, as things stand right now. And this is how I would break it up personally. On the top, you have Diggs and Bland as starting lineup locks. We know those two are starting for the Cowboys moving forward. I'm not necessarily sure that we know where Bland will be starting because he's obviously looked quite well on the inside, manning that nickel roll. But now that the Cowboys secondary is this shaken up, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of getting Bland some looks on the outside. But for the meantime, let's, let's assume that Bland is staying inside here. This is how I would break things up. You probably have Kelvin Joseph as your immediate backup. I would be surprised if Joseph doesn't get the start on Sunday versus the Houston Texans. But you can get Kendall Sheffield involved in there as well. And I say this primarily because of what Mike McCarthy said earlier this week. Uh, Mike McCarthy claimed that Sheffield is preparing as an outside cornerback. I know, as Colin says, that uh, Sheffield has been a nickel corner at some spots in his career before, but what we know right now is that Sheffield 
is preparing as an outside cornerback or at least has been preparing as such since the moment that he arrived in Dallas. So that's definitely worth noting here as we move forward. I would say, and, and I don't know if this is promising or not, but I would say it's probably Joseph's job to lose here. Then you get Marquis, uh Mackenzie, excuse me, Mackenzie Alexander in the conversation to play in the slot. I should say, and I probably skipped that very important part when talking about uh, Alexander earlier on the show, that he played for the Vikings since uh, 2016. He played four years for the Vikings. He later in his career returned to Minnesota, but he started his career there. And who was defensive coordinator of the Vikings at that time? You know it, Gus Edwards, current Cowboys assistant. And it's been a common theme for the Cowboys to target players that are known to the coaches. We've seen it, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Kendall Sheffield is a former Dan Quinn member. Uh, we have not seen him a lot yet, so we don't know how that will play out. But for the most part, I would argue that Dan Queen has kind of nailed some of these bets as well as George Edwards in Dallas. And you can see it in Dante Fowler. You can see it in even uh, past examples like the Monte Casey. And I know the Monte Casey was not necessarily a great safety, but he wasn't really a liability. That's why he had one of the best pass defenses even last year. Once more, I know that he was not great. But what I'm trying to say is that the Cowboys have been successful with several of these bets, of these former players' bets that they've made. And Alexander is one of those because he played with Gus Edwards for four years. He is not the typical Dan Quinn kind of cornerback, though. He doesn't have the size. He has average arm length, average hand size, average weight. He's 5'10". So... He doesn't fit that mold of a long, rangy cornerback. However, once more, he played in the slot primarily, so maybe he can get away with those uh, sizes in there. Now, I have two more names. Israel Mukwamu is a safety. We look at him as a safety. But I wonder if the Cowboys would consider giving him some playing time inside at nickel. We know that he's a versatile defensive back. We know that in the preseason, the Cowboys got them looks at several spots. You guys know that personally, I'm a big easy fan. I think that he can be this very, very versatile hybrid player that can do a little bit of everything. And the Cowboys have not shown... Uh, have not shied away from playing three safety sets. So I wonder if you can get Mukwamu in there and suddenly look at him as this hybrid nickelback that can, that he can also be creative with if you line him up because he also has the skill set of a safety. So Mukwamu in there with a question mark because I think that he could also be part of this puzzle. And then Sean Wright to me, is just crossed out because I don't think that the Cowboys will look at Nishan Wright as a possibility to replace Anthony Brown and to change up the starting lineup. 
I would say that the most likely outcome for this and how the Cowboys could approach this whole thing will be to leave Deron Bland on the inside and play Kelvin Joseph on the outside opposite of Trevon Diggs. I know that doesn't sound very encouraging, but just based on how the Cowboys have done things, I think that it's Kelvin's job to lose. Otherwise, I mean, you got to be, in my opinion, it would be smart to assume that given that Joseph is the guy that's been the backup so far. You signed Kendall Sheffield, but he has not been called up yet. Uh, that might happen soon. I think that it will happen soon. And Mackenzie Alexander, you just signed. So it probably is Joseph's job to lose. But I wonder if the Cowboys are willing to change things up, kick Bland to the outside, get Israel Mukwamu involved, or maybe really uh, lean into those three safety sets that also would bring up a lot of coverage mismatches if opposing offenses are smart and they try to exploit that because you might get uh, a lot of favorable matchups with quality slot receivers against a safety consistently. So it's going to be interesting. And I think that it will go beyond just the actual personnel that you use. It will be fascinating to see how Dan Queen approaches this whole thing as well. We know that he likes single high coverages. And he's mixed things up way more in 2022 than he did in 2021. We looked at the numbers at some point here on, on primetime earlier this season. And it is a fact that the Cowboys have been more willing to lean into quarters coverage or cover two coverage in which you have two high safeties helping out your cornerbacks instead of leaving them on islands in single high coverage. Will Queen lean more into that? And if he does, how will you adapt against the run because when you've seen those explosive runs against the Cowboys defense most of the time it's happened when the Cowboys run uh, defensive formations without loading up the box uh, in light box scenarios the Cowboys have struggled against the run so how will Dan Queen balance things out it will be fascinating and it will be a huge challenge for the reigning defending assistant coach of, of the NFL, right? Because he earned that award last season. He might not win it again. Uh, I wouldn't assume that he won't because that's usually an award that is given to, to break out kind of assistant coaches or to guys that uh, made a big change. But my point is Dan Quinn has been killing it. How will he go out there and, and fix this? Because it's a, it's a big issue. Let's see some of your comments here. In the comments, though, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Wright's play was very disappointing in the preseason, says Glenn. And I think that's why you probably won't see that yet. Uh, you, we will probably not see Nashawn Wright involved. Ernest says, we can put up points against anybody, score early and often. We good, defense solid. And I'm personally concerned about the defense moving forward. Uh not that I have no faith in it at all, because that would be dumb. It's obviously a very good unit and one of the best defenses in the NFL. But I am nervous. I am nervous about the prospect of, of, having, of not having Anthony Brown, actually. I would put it that way. Because I don't want to sound like I'm hating on, on Joseph or even Darren Bland. I just think that Anthony Brown is somewhat underrated. Not in the sense that he is good, 
but in the sense that he is not bad. And I understand that he gets burned often in deep passes, but he's also been very solid in intermediate coverage, underneath coverage, and sometimes being average is a huge positive. And your NFL roster needs average players because you can see the drop-off once the backups come in. And, we, and we've seen it at several times this season. I think that Bland, says Jeremy, should start and Joseph to play a slot. That would be so, so fun as well. Shout out to Jeff in the Facebook chat. Let's see. Uh, Dwayne says, everybody talking about the Cowboys bad points, but what about the good things the Cowboys are doing, playing better football and winning games? Oh, not at all, Dwayne. I mean, I think that it's always important to talk about the concerns, but even, even last night, you can check out last night's show. We were, we we're excited about the Cowboys. I am very excited. Hey, heck, last night's show was called Cowboys boast two champion traits in win over Colts. So believe me, I'm excited about about where the Cowboys are going. Here in the show, though, we, we like to keep it real, and we like to look at the concerns as well. And I think that this is a huge storyline. Let's see. Ryan Null. Didn't Ryan Null play corner in high school? <laughs> Shout out to Toxic, who probably wants to sneak uh, Ryan Null back into the Cowboys roster. But anyways, however the Cowboys move forward with this, it is definitely one of the storylines to watch throughout December. And best case scenario, we get even more excited about how Bland is doing as a rookie. Or maybe more playing time benefits former second-round draft pick Kelvin Joseph. That might just happen. As we said earlier in the week, at the end of the day, we're upset about the Kelvin Joseph draft pick because we have not seen him play. Not, not because we have seen him play bad football, which has happened at times, but we have not really seen a full game out of Kelvin Joseph. Looks like we're moving in the right direction, says Lauren. Oh, definitely. The Cowboys are 9-3, and three, and even though uh, they're not... NFC East leaders, you got to love the fact that they're nine and three, especially when you take into account how many of those wins came without Dak. Tommy says, I'm not giving up on KJ. Hopefully all he needs is consistent playing time to get his game rolling. Exactly. We have not, we have not seen him play. Not consistently at least. So let's not rule out the possibility that Kelvin Joseph you know, silences the critics and ends up playing good, good football. Wonder if Dan Quinn will lean into man-to-man -man coverage because that was Kelvin's quote-unquote strength coming out of college or does he stick to a very healthy diet of coverage, which is what I think he has been doing this season. And you got to love it because it's a way more versatile defense than it was last season and in turn that should help them overcome injuries like this one but anyways moving on here a little bit on the show let's talk about obj we need to talk about obj i know that it's a frustrating conversation but it's still important the visit is over obj will consider things but also it sounds like the cowboys will be the ones doing some uh 
thinking of their own. Shout out to none other than Hoodlum. Uh, thank you for his comment and your donation. Thank you. He says, I don't get the Cowboys. Sometimes sign him and let him rehab and learn the playbook. We're already going to the playoffs. So what does it matter? I don't get the Cowboys. Okay, perfect. This is, this is actually an OBJ comment. So I love it. Perfect transition. Once more, thank you to Hoodlum for your comment and your donation. Hoodlum says, I don't get the Cowboys sometimes. Sign him and let him rehab and learn the playbook. We're already going to the playoffs. So what does it matter? Here is the thing. Because I think that we've kind of misread that a little bit. That tweet from Ed Verder from ESPN. Because I've seen, I've seen that question in social media today. Of, well, if he's ready for mid-January, what does it matter? But I think that what the report is actually indicating is that we don't even know if he will be ready in January. I think that's what the Cowboys are trying to say through Ed Verder from ESPN, because this is a tweet. This is a tweet. Sources by Verder at ESPN. The Cowboys have concerns after Odell Beckham Jr.'s physical that his recovery from turn left ACL in Super Bowl has not progressed enough to ensure to ensure that he would play before mid-January and possibility exists signing him would have no benefit until 2023 season. Man, that is a weird, weird report. We know that he's not been running in the uh, he's not been working out for the teams that he's visited, but also we have not heard a report like this one out of the Bills, out of the Giants. And you wonder, is this like, is this public negotiation maybe by the Cowboys? But if it is, wouldn't it be weird? Because they kind of know that if he's healthy, another team will actually sign him and you will be quote unquote exposed. It's, it's weird. And then there's already an opposing report saying that uh, the Cowboys need Odell Beckham Jr. So there's some back and forth going in there in the media. At this point, I honestly don't know if he's healthy, if he's not healthy. I will say that one, it is weird that he is not working out. I put more weight into that than Ed Verder's report from today because that seems to me like a little bit more of public negotiation tactics. I'm more concerned about the fact that he is not working out. And the fact that there are reports, and for example, Albert Breer tweeted about this today, that even last year, the Rams were a little bit concerned about signing him because of his 2020 injury. And that might get into a whole different conversation of, well, is that really a, a problem uh, in terms of durability? If it's not really the rehab portion of it, but the re-injury risk that we are talking about here. Because then that's a different conversation as well. And OBJ is looking for a long-term commitment, not looking for a one-year deal. One-year deal would be a very different conversation. You would be talking about a low-cost affair. 
about a flexible affair as well. My question from me to you, because it looks like that is a possibility that OBJ does not contribute in 2023. Would you consider signing OBJ even without knowing if you will get him in the postseason? While you give me your answers and before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is a new 2023 Mazda CX-9 Touring All-Wheel Drive. This one starts at $40,495. It's got all-wheel drive, third row sitting, Wi-Fi hotspot. It's got a sunroof, side impact airbags for your safety, and of course, a miles per gallon capacity of 20. When you are in the city, that goes up to 26. When you are in the highway, ladies and gentlemen, check out the Freeman Mazda right off the week over at freemanmazda.net where you can check out the pictures of the vehicle inside and outside. You can get a free quote. And of course, this is a family-owned business for over 65 years that we're talking about. You get A-plus customer service. And remember, when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. So check it out over at freemanmazda.net. Would you sign OBJ, yes or not? If you didn't know if he was going to, to help out this postseason. One-year deal, Odell would say no, says Lumen. Uh, if he is not ready, how can he help the team, says Octavio? What wouldn't be on, uh, until uh, 2023? Hoodlum has an interesting idea. He says, yes, but under incentives. The thing is, and I like uh, incentive-based contracts, but how, how does that look for, for OBJ? Because there is a market for OBJ. And if you start throwing out incentives, like a heavy incentive deal, how are you going to make up for that when another team is offering him a safer, a safer deal, a safer contract. I think that when we hear about heavily, uh, heavy incentive contracts, it's usually situations like Taylor Heineke, for example, when he was essentially benched by the commanders when they signed, when they traded for Carson Wentz, LOL. We know how that ended. But at the moment, they, they benched him by trading for Wentz. So now it was like, oh, we might need you and we know what you're worth when we do need you. But since you're likely riding the bench, we're making this a, an incentive-based contract. And the same happened with OBJ when they restructured his whole contract with the 49ers. I don't know if OBJ is in that conversation. I think that OBJ has a market going for him right now. And I, I would love that idea. I just don't know if OBJ would be willing to, to go down that road. Let's see here uh, some of these comments. One year, the, oh yeah, we, we, we read that one. Uh, Six to Midnight says no. Let's see here. No for Lumen. Gregory goes with yes. Miserable Toxic says yes. Wide receiver still needs desperate help. Yes for the future, says uh, Joey Vela. Yes for, for Tommy915. I would, I, uh, Colin says no. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. And I think that it's an, an even more difficult one because you just don't know 
if, if he, what, what number is he asking for, right? I would probably go for yes. I would probably roll the dice. Of course, we are having this conversation without actually having uh, the physical test with him. So, of course, the Cowboys would probably uh, know more than, than we do and the Bills will and the Giants will. But if there's a chance, if you as a Cowboys organization believe that there is a chance that OBJ is ready to go mid-January, I would 100% go for it. I don't know if the Cowboys need OBJ to go in a long playoff run. But the Cowboys need another wide receiver, in my opinion. I mean, they, they, they could use a, a number three wide receiver. Not that I have anything against Noah Brown, but I can tell you 100% confidently that secondaries are not that concerned about number 85. They're not rolling their safeties towards 95. They're not deciding if they're matching with him uh, for, for the double coverage or bracketing him. They're not concerned about that. Whereas you could, you could get OBJ in there and make no mistake about it. He is good. If he's healthy, he is still a very good wide receiver. We just saw it with the Rams last year. He produced. He dictates coverages. He's not a guy that leaps off of one catch, as, as some people will suggest on social media. That is completely fake. He's a good wide receiver, and he demands attention of opposing secondaries. I would probably risk it if I think that there is a chance for him to, to play mid-January. Because that's another thing. Like, are we talking about, what, getting back to practice mid-January or being ready to actually play a ball game? Now, I know that it sounds like uh, mid-January sounds like uh, we're talking about a divisional round or something like that. But the 8th of January is the season finale against Washington. So if you're playing in the divisional round and you think that OBJ is ready mid-January, then you have OBJ for, for, for that period. Can you make a deal that protects you from injury? If it happens this this postseason, for example, that's another that's another possibility here. A contract that is incentive based, maybe as Hoodlum said, or maybe it is, you know, highly guaranteed, but has protections that free you from those guarantees. If if OBJ's left knee explodes or something like that, that's also a a, a thing to consider moving forward here. But anyways. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Glenn says, no, he's good for us. He's a decent wide receiver. He's not OBJ, but since teams are not prepping for him, that's in our favor. Kellen just needs to expose those teams for not respecting Noah. Now, I like Noah. I really like him. I don't know that Noah is the guy that will make you pay for not respecting him. Uh, maybe in some situations, some specific situations, but OBJ, you run him on vertical routes on the outside, and post routes, and, and you get him going with a lot of different looks, he's a priority for the defense. And when you combine that with Michael Gallup, who can win one-on-one -on -one consistently, who can play inside and outside, even though he primarily plays outside, and then you've got uh, the X-Factor in CD Lamp, 
that's a big time concern dealing with those three plus Elliott, plus Pollard, plus Dak, Dalton Schultz, highly productive tight end. We'll see what happens. I will tell you what, the one thing that I don't want to have happened to how to have happen is I don't want OBJ to end up signing with the Bills and then him making an impact in the playoffs. I don't know if I will be able to endure that. <laughs> that that will be frustrating as heck if it, if it does happen. But anyways, before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what is your one cool thing of the week? For those of you who are new to the show, this is a feel-good segment in which you share something personal, professional, uh, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be. Let us know in the comments what is your one cool thing of the week. And by the way, uh, do me a favor and hit the thumbs up, hit the like button if you enjoy what you're watching and you, and you enjoy the show, ladies and gentlemen, hit the thumbs up. My one cool thing is that pro football is about to be back in my city, in, in Mexico. You guys know that I'm from Mexico. So there is this professional league in which I uh, cover one of the teams. I call their games, their play-by-play. -play. It's super fun. And uh, they're, they're starting training camp. They're starting the preseason uh, it's kind of a weird arrangement because it's very different. For example, the NFL draft will be not the NFL draft. The draft of this league takes place in January and then the season starts in March. So all of it is maybe a little bit tighter, uh, but I'm, I'm excited about, you know, going to the stadium and watching practice and just getting near to some some football. Oh, miserable toxic. I I wished I had thought of that one. That had to be my one cool thing, though. This week it is Army versus Navy. Toxic says, "Go Army, beat Navy." I don't, I don't root for a specific uh, school in this one. It's one of my favorite weekends of the entire, you know, uh, year in college football season. I geek out over Army Navy. I, I'm leaning Army right now in terms of my betting preference when the time comes. I am leaning Army. I think that it's minus one at this point, so pretty much a pick'em game. Uh, those Navy uniforms, though, with the astronaut in the helmet and with the NASA stuff, whoo-hoo, that is a nice uniform, though. Will be fun. I just like watching the heck out of some tri triple option football. Lumen says... Uh, one cool thing, I like this group of football fans and the host. Shout out to Lumen, who keeps watching Dallas primetime, even though he's a Titans fan. I really appreciate that. That is very cool. Gregory says 54 points. Sugar Daddy Williams says uh, granddaughter's third birthday today. Tommy says. <laughs> that was a weird thing that happened, man. I'm sorry about that. I kind of hit, you know, rewind in the in the browser and it took me out of the studio. Aggressively approach free agency. That's what I want them to do. Hit or miss, make moves. Finally got, got him nights to six to midnight. Oh, that is a great game. And he's gone to call in. I'm sorry, I'm back, man. Uh, it's, it isn't even about a Wi-Fi. Just left the studio accidentally. Sorry about that one. Um, let's see here. That is one game I want to go in my life says uh, Miserable Toxic. One cool thing is a blue screen, I guess, says Bruce. 
there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into the show. I appreciate you. And I will see you tomorrow night. Miércoles, 8 de la noche. Primetime brought to you by FreemanMazda.net and the ride of the week, the 2023 Mazda CX-9 Touring All-Wheel Drive. <laughs> Thank you. And I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.